standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 569. That's right, 569. Coming to you on the 19th of January, the year of our Lord, 2024. And it's time for Five for Friday. That's right, Five for Friday. Yes, well... Before we get to the five items for Friday, let me remind you the best way you can help me make a difference is to like, share, and subscribe to this here podcast. I am on the social medias. Come and find me. Come and join me. I have a page and a group over at Facebook. I drop in at Gab and MeWe. And oh, by the way, some of most of my content is still up over at YouTube. If you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this show. Every follower helps, every comment helps, everything matters. We are in a war of attrition, and right now, it's anybody's battle. So here we go, five for Friday. So number one, Abbott finds courage. So I I find myself with a challenge here, right? Because I'm the first guy to say, Greg Abbott's a disappointment to me personally, but I'm also the first guy to say that Greg Abbott is one of the least bad governors we have in these United States. So I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I can spend all my time beating up the guy that falls short of the expectations I have, or I could spend time encouraging the guy who is better than at least 47 other state governors that we know of. So which is going to give me a better return? Which is the best outcome here? Well, that's a challenge, right? What's the real answer? I don't know. So um, I guess we're going to use the carrot and stick approach. So when Governor Abbott does bad things, I use the stick. When Governor Abbott does good things, we got to give him the carrot. We got to reward him. So I spoke earlier in the week about the idea that they seized this park that was a major access point, a thoroughfare for illegals moving in on to Texas and, quite frankly, bleeding the system dry. So, for better or for worse, and because we don't know the outcome yet, the state seized that away from the feds. They took control and they're exerting proper power over that and shutting down that section and keeping the feds out. Now, I wish in my perfect world, this would have happened three years ago. It didn't. I'll take it now. So I can be upset that we didn't get it three years ago, but thrilled to death that we got it this week. Now, I just hope it continues. I I hope that, and I pray that they continue to have that newfound confidence and courage to do the right thing and to protect Texas, put Texas first for a matter of fact, but I have my reservations. It could be political ploy. I mean, there's so many other things, and I could pick it apart and find something wrong with it, I'm sure. But at this point in time, I'm choosing to be positive. I'm choosing to think this is a good thing, and we shouldn't look the gift horse in the mouth. We should be excited. We should applaud. We should encourage. We should tell Governor Abbott we need this and more. As a matter of fact, I would even go so far as to say is call up the militia, or if you prefer, the state guard, and activate more people, recruit more people, and let's just get this done. The narco-terrorists that run the state of Mexico have zero interest in doing anything good for the state of Texas or the rest of those United States. So why should we pretend? Why Why would we go along with this? And yes, I know a certain percentage of these people are caught in the crossfire and they've done nothing wrong. 
other than come here illegally, but they're not necessarily a threat to our state other than there's millions of them now. But by and large, they're not the bad people here. They're, they're useful idiots or they're pawns being manipulated. However you want to reference it, they're not the bigger problem. The bigger problem is the narco-terrorists that run Mexico, the Chinese communists. There are many other things that we should and can be worried about once we secure our own border. So I'm hopeful that Governor Abbott, with his newfound courage, is going to make this happen. And strangely enough... The AG, who apparently has had kind of a bit of a battle royale with this uh, governor in the background, has got his back and calling it out and saying, no, I'm defending these guys. Yeah. Now, granted, that is his job. He's supposed to defend what the state of Texas does. But how easy would it be to just let the guy get hammered? How, how easy would it be to step out of the way? I, I'm grateful that we're not allowing that to happen. I, I'm grateful that we're not dealing with that. Um, We really, really need to work together as a team and put Texas first. And if we can just all set aside our personal animosities and put Texas first, we'd be so much better off. So I'm hopeful, hopeful that we're on that track. Item number two. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to do it. Colin GOP slits its wrists. Now I could say this a number of different ways. And I've already spent a good deal of time on it earlier this week. So we're not going to dwell on it. Suffice it to say, it was not the leadership per se, but it was the executive the executive committee that <laughs> decided it was a really good idea to tell all their donors, we don't want your money. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to translate what happened. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm sure we'll fix it. I'm sure we'll close the barn door. Unfortunately, I imagine a couple horses got out, if you will, and you follow that metaphor. But I just don't understand. I don't understand. When you want to win, when you, when you want to push back, you need everybody on the same team. And everybody on the same team isn't exactly the same. They're not going to have the same thoughts, the same actions, the same whatever. We're not looking for a bunch of robots. We're not looking for a bunch of clones. It doesn't work out long term. We need people to do things that they're good at and help us with the things that matter that they can best assist us with. And sometimes that means, yeah, you got to work with people that, you know, aren't your clone. My answer is you got to get over it. Now, fortunately, fortunately, the leadership of the party has good head on their shoulders, metaphorically speaking here, Right. We have people that know what we're doing. I did. Yeah, I guess I guess that'd be an accurate statement. I'd like to think I know what I'm doing and I'm just a small cog in that machine. But boy, I don't even know if I want to <laughs> careful how you say this to I'm just a small part of that puzzle. How about that? Yes, I'm involved. Yes, I do these things, but I'm not the one calling the shots. That leaves me the ability to call a spade a spade. And to, and to hopefully steer people out of bad ideas and hopefully work with people that feel like they're being misled or feel like they're being let down. Because quite frankly, a lot of people let, it, let us down all the time every day. 
and a good number of them have R's after their name, but unfortunately, we don't have a better option. We don't have a better choice at this point. Now, that is the purpose of primaries, and maybe, just maybe, we'll get a couple of wins in the primary, but we have to be very careful on how we do this, and we have to be very forgiving when we get past it. Unfortunately, a lot of folks can't do that. They take everything personally. They take everything as a, an affront and everything as an absolutist attitude. Now, again, I'm sympathetic to a lot of the things and in agreement with a lot of things that they wanted to do, but they're missing the boat. They're missing the bigger picture here. And while we have been successful in the past, we have led ourselves into the desert. We are wandering in the desert, if you get the illusion here. The promised land is before us, but unfortunately, rather than Moses striking the rock, somebody else screwed up. And we're going to wander some more. And yes, I realize I didn't get that entirely accurate, but go with me here, right? Moses didn't get to enter the promised land. He needed to hand that off to Joshua, but the people got an extra 40 years because they weren't patient enough for Moses to come back and lead them. Let's a long story short. GOP, my my brothers and sisters that are there, uh, both on the executive committee and in spirit, we want the same things. We have the same goals. The process of getting there takes some time. The, the working machinery is not easy. It's part of making the sausage. You're in that process. And sometimes we have to do some things that are kind of icky, but the end result is supposed to be worthwhile. The end goals are obtainable. We just have to get it. Yes. I changed the metaphor, <laughs> We, but we have to agree to set aside these minor differences and get to that goal and work towards that goal. We're not doing that. We're fixated on things, and because we fixate on things, it interferes with our ability to think big. It interferes with our goals long-term. It creates more problems than it solves. You got this minor victory, but it could cost you some major losses later on. What was the greater goal? Did you take time to think about that? Did you consider other things in play? And to be honest, I tried to bring this to their attention. Little old me. But we are where we're at, and we're going to continue to keep moving. So that was number two. On to number three. In case you didn't know, Trump trounced. That's right. The uh, caucuses. That's where a whole bunch of delegates get together and determine what candidate do they like best. Who's going to be their first choice to be top of the ticket? In record speed and by crushing numbers, the Donald is ascended. Now, let's also be honest. The neocon Nikki took second place and apparently was able to manipulate enough people to flip one of the counties. Otherwise, Trump would have gotten every county in the entire state of Iowa. But words come out that over half of her support was from Democrats because they like neocon Nikki. Myself, I'm a never Nikki. I I would rather sit out the election to vote for Nikki Haley. I felt the same way about Mitt Romney and John McCain before her. I'm not a huge fan of the Donald, but I'll take him. There's a whole lot of candidates that I've taken in the past because I was willing to look at the big picture. There is nothing to be gained. So the Donald trounced. 
whether you want to say that's because of his ground game, whether you want to say that's just because he's so darn popular or famous or rich or whatever, don't know, don't care. It wasn't even close. We're going to go to New Hampshire, and uh, the fake uh, Republican Christie's already gone. Nobody likes Haley. I expect that the Donald's going to get well over 50% there as well. Keeping in mind, the next step is South Carolina, which, oh, by the way, is where I think uh, Never Nikki <laughs> or Neocon Nikki, if you will, used to live. I'm fairly certain she's going to get whooped down there, too. So at this point, this election cycle for the primary may very well be over after three states. I'm okay with that because hopefully it'll focus people on the other races that we need to win on the other things that we can and should do. But here's the other issue. As much as a whole lot of people love Trump, there's a whole lot of other people that hate him with a passion. And and rather than go vote for Trump, they'll sit at home. I need to remind everybody at this point, whether the Donald is our nominee for president or not, Every race down that ballot is important. Every race down that ballot has a more direct influence on your day-to-day life than who the president of the United States is. So whether you're in Texas or you're in Wisconsin or you're in Florida or Ohio or Pennsylvania or Idaho, those down-ballot votes matter more than the presidency. Now, that being said... You should go vote for the Donald if he is our Republican nominee. If you call yourself a Republican, he is well within what the acceptable swath of Republican ideals are at this point. Like it or not, that's where we're at. And I completely understand why you wouldn't want that moron Mitt or you don't care for Neocon Nikki, but we got rid of Christie already. Vivek, for better or worse, dropped out and already endorsed. So it's basically a three-way race. And and look, I had hopes for Ron DeSantis. I thought maybe possibly he'd align and we could get this over with quickly. I I thought he was, quite frankly, better than he is. I was hopeful. I was looking towards 2028. Could we we have a Ron DeSantis, a strong Ron DeSantis show up and win and lead from the front? It doesn't look like we're even going to get that right now. Of course, he largely has nobody to blame but himself or, shall I say, his handlers, And say what you want, he was the alternative. He was the best option. But then all the wrong people went to his side. All the wrong people went to go advise him. All the wrong people led him down the path to destruction. Now, my hope is, my sincere hope is, that Donald's going to get the nomination. That Donald's going to win. And he's going to have learned all those lessons from the past. And not make those same mistakes again. That is my sincere hope. And I find it <laughs> crazy that a certain segment of our society thinks he's going to destroy the democracy. Well, first of all, we never had a democracy. And second of all, even if we did have a democracy, it's long since destroyed. And it wasn't the Donald that did it. Wake up. Wake up, America. All right. Item number four. Yes, in case you weren't aware we have started another war well maybe not another war let's call it another military action that's right the united states and great britain we decided we should go bomb some terrorists in yemen now you're wondering right now why well because apparently they are obstructing the flow of commerce 
Now, I don't know about you, but Saudi Arabia couldn't beat the Yemenis, and they're literally their bordering uh, country there. With everything we gave them to do it, and it's I don't know if they didn't have the stomach or they didn't have the uh, power. I, I don't know, and I don't care. The Israelis probably could and should do it, since this is part and parcel of dealing with the Palestinian mess. Or better yet, you would think Egypt might have some interest in this because they've basically shut down the Suez Canal. But again, the United States sticking their nose in. Why? Because, well, we need a distraction. Oh, you think I'm being just disingenuous or mean or snarky or whatever? Well, what else would you call it? We're in the run-up to an election cycle. There isn't another pandemic that's currently available, so let's start a war. Now, I don't know about you, but Sleepy Creepy Joe isn't impressing me any more than he did four years ago. I don't know why anybody would have been impressed by a guy that campaigned in his basement. But if we're supposed to believe he got 82 million votes in 2020, I suppose we're only going to be expected to believe he got 92 million in 2024. And I'm going to say it once now. Hopefully we won't need to go back to it every week from now until the election. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen, and I'm never going to believe it. That being said, here we go. (sighs) Just because you bomb another country doesn't fix anything. In fact, if we haven't learned by now that when you go and kick the anthill, you only get more angry ants. And you can kill as many ants as you want until you kill the queen. They're going to just keep coming at you. And even if you do kill the queen, their last bitter act is likely to bite you. But again, we the United States, we know better than everybody. Never mind, we've spent ourselves into oblivion. We can't control our own border, and we're run by foreigners at this point. Hey, who cares? The empire's over. We'll just flop around a little bit more and pretend that we still matter. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Now, why do I say that? Why is it so morbid? Why is it so negative? Because I believe there's a way forward. I do. I really believe that all is not lost. It's going to get messy. It's going to require some tough choices. It's going to require somebody that's going to get aggressive. Think of it as, hmm, I don't want to go to there. A flesh-eating disease. And the only way you can stop it from killing you is to lop off your arm. Well, I imagine at this point, we're kind of looking at, we're going to have to lop off both of our legs just to survive. Now, that's going to kind of stink because I don't know if you know any people that are dual amputees that actually don't have any leg below their waist, so to speak, that they got amputeed up at the hip. That's tough. No, they can still function. They can still think they still have, you know, all their faculties other than they can't move themselves around on their own legs in any way, shape or form. Now, maybe at some point in the future, science will come up with some kind of bionic solution, but right now, That's a huge thing, and that's a huge challenge, but you preserve the person. You preserve what's left of the body. Maybe that's where we're at with these United States. Yes, you know exactly where I'm going with this, right? Well, yes, short of Texas, there's a national divorce, there's a segmentation, there's um, fragmentation. I would prefer we just go straight to Texas, but at this point, it's almost inevitable, and it's not being controlled or dictated by us here in Texas. No, these are the people over on the Potomac. 
They're selling us out. They're destroying what's left of our country. I had a conversation earlier this week. The other gentleman said, hey, I took an oath to defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And oh, by the way, my oath does not have an expiration date. I said, well, brother, I feel the same way. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here because I'm trying to protect the innocent. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is we did take an oath. And we know full well because we look with both our eyes and our brain and see what's going on and we know what the problem is. But now is not the time to take action. Now is not the time to lash out in anger. Now is the time to think, to plan, to prepare for potential issues. Now is the time to be prepared to do what needs to be done at some point in the future. And hopefully it doesn't get to that. But I got to tell you, it looks dimmer and grayer every day that goes by that we leave these people in charge, that we accept that the hand of fate that we've been dealt, that we, we don't deal with the coup that's in charge. But again, short of going kinetic, what are you going to do? Well, you can vote the Zuckers out. You can get rid of them. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to accept that at this point, there's nobody that realistically is going to beat creepy, sleepy Joe than the Donald. Now, I can say in my heart of hearts, I wish it was other. I, I wish we had better options. I wish we didn't get in this position. But with that and 75 cents, you'll be able to buy a cup of reheated coffee water. Nobody cares. That's just where we're at right now. We can't fix what's been broken so horribly, but perhaps we can cobble something together to come out through on the other side. Perhaps we can find some way to function after the fact. In a sense, the third uh, or the third issue and the fourth issue are more or less directly related to each other. And we can only hope that Abbott finding some courage, right, spells a positive outcome. All right, item number five. Okay, we're going to bring it home to McKinney, right? We've talked about the state. We've talked about Collin County. And basically, we've talked about something on the national level and something on the, on the international level. But all of it comes down to what are we going to deal with? What is the thing that we can have the most direct impact on? What's What's the thing that we can deal with? most directly that has an immediate effect in our lives. So apparently earlier in this week, the city of McKinney has determined that even though we changed the charter to put in term limits, apparently we didn't give yet enough time for the people that serve the city of McKinney to maintain the seat that they had won. So the interpretation, as I understand it right now is, well, if I win a seat... I can run for election one more time in that seat. However, I'm not done serving the city. I can go ahead and switch to another seat, perhaps an at-large seat or the district seat, whichever one I might prefer in order to stay on that council because, you know, I have to continue to serve the city. And you'll notice I am not looking at that in a very positive light. I believe there are people that legitimately get on city councils or school boards or whatever platform to legitimately serve the citizens of the city to do well and to do to improve things around them then i believe that people pretend to do that but are in fact only self-serving or isolating or building their power base or looking for the next step up 
And a lot of these people may even start off with legitimately good, positive things that they wish to do and see happen and in service to their fellow man. But call me cynical. I think those folks are few and far between. So I found it rather curious that by the own in, their own interpretation of the city's charter, you can basically run forever and serve on the city council. All you have to do is change which seat you represent. So, for instance, if you left, if you lived in District Two, you would run for two terms, which would be eight years, and then you would then change your tune and go ahead and run for one of the at-large seats. And then after you served your two terms there, potentially you could go back to running in your District 2 seat because, you know, you served two consecutive. Now that you didn't serve a consecutive, you can go back and serve two more consecutive. So you're already in 24 years by two different seats. And then, oh, let's just say you've done this time, you've lined your, I'm sorry, you've bought your, power or, or well, let's be, let's be a little less mean you've created a lot of friends and allies and they've encouraged you to step up to the big plate you need to be the mayor so then you go and you run to be the mayor and after two terms of being the mayor you would think that would be an opportunity to retire i've done this great thing i've put in my well at this point between 16 and 32 years depending on which way you want to do this I can retire with a good conscience. I've done all that I could to improve or protect the city that I love, that made me wealthy, that took me in when I relocated, whatever it is. So I'm really not sure why the need to change the charter. So so all I can see now is we have an at-large city councilman that had indicated that they wanted to run for mayor, and we have a mayor. They're both terming out after this. So in theory, they ought to be able to just swap seats by the current definition and understanding from that uber-awesome, great city attorney we have that's never led us down the wrong path and never had any frivolous lawsuits that he's taken part in. But yes, the paragon of... (laughs) all that is good in McKinney has led them to believe that there's no need. You can just change your seats, but apparently that's not enough. No, they want to be able to run for three consecutive seats or three consecutive sessions in the same seat. Now I got to tell you, notwithstanding my hmm, personal disdain for at least one member of the current city council, I'm not sure that we need another four years. I'm not sure that really the issue, the way they interpret it is even a problem. So if you're switching to become the from mayor to the city council member, what difference does it make? I mean, if you're really truly wanting to serve the city, why would you not be able to serve the city almost as well as a city council member? Why, why wouldn't you be able to give back to the city that loves you so much by just serving on the city council and not as a mayor or vice versa? Why, if you served your eight years as a city council member and you say, I have more to give back to my city, it would seem appropriate that you would want to step up to the mayor. Why, why wouldn't you want to bring somebody else in and prepare them and bring them into the city council? Why wouldn't you take that opportunity to, I don't know, improve the city some more? One makes or I should say, this almost makes me think that it's really not about the city. And it's about the individuals that hold those seats. And they want us to stay there a little while longer. 
So perhaps they'll get it on the ballot and perhaps the city of McKinney will have an opportunity to speak on this issue. And I would encourage you all in the city of McKinney, don't think about the individuals. Think about the principle. Think about the idea that if they really wanted to sacrifice and serve the city, they wouldn't care what city seat they had. They wouldn't care whether they're council at large or council by district or the mayor. They, they really wouldn't put a premium on that. They would just be satisfied to switch their seat and stay there if, if that's really what they were concerned about. Now, we the voters, we wanted city limits, or we wanted term limits on those city seats. We felt that eight years was more than enough time for somebody to give back to the city. And then you can move out of the way and let somebody else move up. That we could, we could build a continuing flow within the city. I mean, we need to look no further than the next city south of us that had somebody on the city council for 28 years. And that apparently wasn't enough because even though the council finally gave them term limits and they finally termed that mayor out. He decided, well, that's not enough. Now I want to go join the commissioner's court. So these guys do have options. If they really want to give back, if they're that hmm, giving in nature and they're that concerned about their city and the county that they live in, there's nothing to say that they couldn't find a different way to serve their city or their county. I think there's maybe something else at play here. And I don't begrudge somebody that's found a niche and they want to continue to serve and they want to do things. But the reality is there's a reason those term limits exist so that we can move on, so that we can have options, so that we, the people, can be represented by somebody that actually shares our values and not some entrenched political individual. Term limits were put there for a reason. And going back to the well yet again to change the charter, to change the limits, because, quote, you aren't done yet. That's fine. Run for a different seat. Find somewhere else to serve. Nobody's saying that you can't or shouldn't consider that. But the spirit of term limits is that after you've been there for a while, you've done enough. It's time to move on. Perhaps we would like some other options. And it's entirely possible that we might not find a better option. But if you're running for a different seat, you're at least opening up that place that you sat for however long, four years or eight years, for somebody else to potentially serve their city as well. It's not about service. It's not about giving back at this point. I'll let you figure out what it's really about. I'll let you figure out what's at play here because I really don't know, but I'm not buying it. And that was number five. That was a five for Friday. And I'm here to tell you, enjoy your weekend. You don't know how many of them you're going to get. And with that, this has been According to Callus, And I will see you on the other side.